Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, as well as on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, where you're listening to internet live radio all throughout the world on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and of course on wakeupcalldt.com, as I said, where the MixLR feed is embedded. You're also watching and listening on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT and on YouTube.com backslash WakeUpCallDT as well. With that being stated, I am very excited this morning to have somebody that is no stranger to the broadcast back on the show to talk about his new chapter. Aaron Hackett, who came to Syracuse out of Venice in Florida, came up to Syracuse, played tight end for the Orange, and had the opportunity to play another year, and he decided to hop into the transfer portal and find his way over to the TCU Horned Frogs to continue his collegiate career on the field. And we now bring him in for the first time ever as a member of TCU. So let's bring him in here. Aaron, how are we doing today? Yes, sir. I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, man, absolutely. And I was talking to you off the air a little bit about it. Like, how strange is it for you? Is it as strange for you as it is for me that, you know, I remember talking to you coming out of Venice and trying to figure out where you were going to go. We did, you know, a special about, you know, your recruitment. I mean, I was talking to you on the recruiting trail and now I'm talking to you after finishing up your time at Syracuse and you got another year to give to go over to TCU. I mean, is it surreal and strange for you that, as many years have passed since the first time we spoke? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely wild. If, if you would have asked me, you know, um, after our season in 2019, you know, where I would be in 2021, I think one of my last answers would be Fort Worth, Texas. So, you know, obviously it's been a crazy year um, just outside of the world, but uh, blessed with an opportunity to kind of have that game. They gave us this extra year. And um, so, yeah, yeah, it, it, the time has really flown by. What can you say about the NCAA's decision in this pandemic to essentially say to the players, you know, hey, if you're going to play this season, it's it's almost a free year. We're going to grant you another year of, of eligibility. What did it mean to you that you had, you know, an extra year that if you did decide to play, which you did, that you were still going to have a year after all that? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it was a fair deal. Look, especially a guy like me um, who suffered suffered an injury and in early April and was kind of on the fence of, you know, whether, whether I was going to redshirt, whether I was going to play this year. And, uh, you know, the NCAA giving us that opportunity, obviously a bunch of different schools, everyone's going through different things. And it, it was so unpredictable what, what region of the country you're in, um, you know, where, where, how heavy is the pandemic stricken where you were at. So I think they, that the NCAA hit it right this time by giving them everyone an extra year of eligibility. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful they did it. Yeah, you know, and having that, Aaron, having the opportunity, I mean, did it help you play more freely, you know, this year, knowing that you had kind of a year in your back pocket? I mean, was it in the back of your mind? Um, I wouldn't say play more freely. I would say that uh, it gave me the opportunity to kind of come back from injury and feel more comfortable like that. Um, I wouldn't say I rushed back, but I definitely I definitely came back within a certain time frame that was, was sooner than expected, and that kind of gave me that confidence in terms of, okay, I know I can play and go out there and enjoy the season with my teammates and, and whatever happens, uh, I still have that extra year in my back pocket kind of as security. Did you think in your head that that you would be somewhere else in the extra year? I mean, did you know before the 2020 season started that you were going to take advantage of the extra year? Did you already know before the season started that you had every intention of using the extra year? I, w- 
say, um, you know, every intention of going somewhere else, I knew that kind of coming back with the injury that I had and, and, and the time that it takes to rehab, that it was going to be tough for me to, um, you know, be NFL ready by the end of 2020 in terms of just, just size and weight um, coming, kind of going through what I went through with the pec tear. So that was one thing. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure where the season was going to take me. And, you know, at that point of the year, I was really just focused on, hey, can I get back for the first week against North Carolina? And that's really where my focus was the whole year. And then every week after that, you know, what, what can I do to help us win? What can I do to help, help the team operate better? Speaking here with Aaron Hackett, uh, who came to play tight end at Syracuse the last few seasons and is now moving on to TCU. Aaron, for you, when you look back and we talk about hindsight 2020, the year 2020 is, is in our our hindsight now, but the actual statement itself we've, we've used for, what, centuries, you know, hindsight 2020. For looking back at your time at Syracuse, was it the right decision for you ultimately? What can you say about now looking back on being a, a young kid out of Venice High School in Venice, Florida, choosing Syracuse? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I have no regrets um, about choosing to come to Syracuse. Um, you know, I, like you said, I came I came to Syracuse as a young man, 18 years old, and now I'm leaving, and, uh, you know, the, the maturity and the lessons I've learned, um, the friendships and the bonds I've made with everybody, I'm just I'm extremely grateful for my time there. Um, I, I always bleed orange, you know, in the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, Syracuse University, that's with me for life, and I, I'll be a proud alumni. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just still very thankful to this day for the opportunity Coach Babers gave me and Coach Free gave me. You know, we, we obviously, there's been some ups and downs, but there's been some really great moments on and off the field that, you know, I'm just really thankful for. And, uh, you know, got to play in some really exciting games. Um, had a chance in 2018 to go down and play in the Camping World Bowl in front of all my family and friends and, and, and beat a good West Virginia team, which I'll never forget. So I'm just extremely grateful for the opportunity and, uh, you know, all the lessons I learned, all the coaches there, uh, they treated me fairly. They just, like they said, uh, Familia Ohana, Coach Babers truly treated me like a family member and I'm, I'm forever appreciative of that. You know, and, and to, to go back to the fact that you got to be in a bowl game and not just any bowl game, but you got to see Syracuse's resurgence back to a bowl. It had been a few seasons since it had happened. It was a year where Syracuse had done a lot of things they hadn't done in a decade, two decades, and whatnot. Being a part of that team in 2018, they got to finish up in the Camping World Bowl in Orlando, Florida, you know, in your home state. Bring me into that moment for you. When you stood on the field and you looked up at the crowd and you looked around the stadium, what did that feel like? Because it's one thing to go to a bowl game. It's one thing to be a team that's, you know, is playing in the postseason. But it's another thing for you to return back home to your state, just what that meant to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say that was, that was one of the moments I've had in football. You know, that was uh, one of the first games where I, I, I had multiple receptions and I was kind of involved in the offense a lot more. And, you know, one of the best moments I, I always remember, I tell people this story, is that, uh, you know, after we won that game, Sean Riley, uh, our kick returner wide receiver, hopped on the stage, started giving a little speed. And, um, it was really that uh, my dad somehow snuck onto the field. So we were all the confetti's going everywhere. I saw my father. It just it was a perfect moment. And, uh, you know, that that whole experience was super fun. Um, it was a it was a great game. You know, the seniors who played on that team, I'm forever thankful for. Um just the, the leadership and, and, and the role they, they've brought into my life. And, yeah, I mean, that, that, that was a great moment for, for me and for Syracuse football. 
What did Sean Riley and Sean Riley, a friend of mine as well, what did he what did he say when he jumped up and and had a speech? I don't. I think I think it's somewhere on YouTube. It, it was a, it was a, it was half speech, half in, imitation to Coach Babers, but uh, <laughs> it, it was hilarious. He grabbed the microphone. Um, you know that was right after we had won. They they had the. Um, the t-shirts out there for us the the newspaper uh saying that we won it it was awesome and when you go back you know to that moment you're playing in front of your family you're getting multiple receptions you know you win the game what were the first like when the game ended i want to like i want to live vicariously through you when you looked up off the field at the sky when the game ended what was your first thought in your mind man i, I was just overcome with joy especially that 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 had been a long year um, like I said, kind of one of the first games where I really had an opportunity to show myself and prove myself uh, at on the field as well. And, you know, just taking it all in and, uh, you know, realizing that that moment was there and enjoying the moment and you know, celebrating with my teammates, some of them, the last time they'll ever put football pads on. And uh, I feel like for a lot of them, that was a great way to go out. So speaking here with Aaron Hackett coming from Syracuse over to TCU. We'll talk about the decision on TCU in a second here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Aaron, for you in that game, Eric Dungy, uh, I don't know if you know this because I don't know where you were when it happened, but but I actually have the Dungy uh, picture from the paper. Uh, my dad framed it for, he, he gave it to me. I got it and I uh, put it in a frame here and it's in my studio because I, they jokingly say, I'm the person that made Dungy cry. Now, I'm the one that asked him the question about not just that game, but the four years, the adversity, the injuries, everything that people had said about him, just what it meant to him to sit there with his brothers that night. And that was the question where he got very emotional and very worked up. What can you say about your quarterback, Eric Dungy, that when you came into Syracuse, he was your guy for the first couple seasons. What can you say about who he was, who he is, and how much he means to you? And then kind of secondly, if the NFL is missing their mark on on him and, and, and in the fact that they have not given him a chance yet. Yeah, so, um, you know, when I came in as a true freshman, that was when uh, Dungy, he, he was a junior already, and just, you know, you could tell the leadership he already had and in, in, in the grasp he had over the team, and um, you know, being kind of a younger guy in the system, you just kind of want to fall in line and, and, and you know what I mean? Do, do whatever you can to help the team, do whatever you can to impress the quarterback. Uh, you know, one thing I always remember about Dungy that stuck with me is just, just the toughness and grit that kid brought. And I mean, you want a true definition of a competitor that, that was him. Uh, he was fun to play with. I mean, you, you heard him talking and talking to the other team, you know, he was fired up anytime he made a play, he had let someone know about it. And, you know, he, he was just – he was a great leader and a great quarterback and a guy who was super fun to play with for the first two years. So, um, obviously, a Syracuse legend he'll go down as. And, you know, uh, I, I, he's a, like I said, he's a great competitor. You never want to count any of those guys out, especially at the NFL level. Um, I know he's had a little bit of opportunity. I'm not sure if he's still pursuing it or not. But, you know, everything I saw for my two years would, would make me say that, you know, he's, he's a great competitor. He's a super tough kid and, you know, there's a there's a spot on every football team for a guy like that there's a spot on every football team for a guy like that no better quote to say about Eric Dungy as somebody in the offense with him as one of his skill position guys 
what did it mean to you? How did it fire you up when, you know, they would hit him, they would say something to him, they try to knock him down, and then he would go over and push somebody himself or, you know, hit somebody himself. I mean, he, usually as a quarterback, you want to stay clean, you want to stay upright, you don't want to get involved in much of anything. This man is a dog, and he would come at some of those defenders like a linebacker, and if they were treating him a certain way, he'd let them have it. What did that mean to you, and did it fire you up to see your quarterback getting in people's faces and knocking them down when they tried to mess with them? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, it, sometimes we got a little worried because, uh, you, you know, Dungey, he, he wants to go run run everyone over and jump over everyone and make the Superman plays. And, you know, as a guy, especially a guy on offense, you feed off your quarterback, and, you know, he, he he's made some – outlandish plays for the time I was in Syracuse. I remember as a true freshman, we went down to Miami and, uh, man, he, he had a couple, couple really crazy plays, but I'll never forget. It was one where I think he had thrown an interception or the ball had gotten tipped and some big D lineman on Miami got it. And, and you know, everyone's standing him up. He's kind of in the pile and Dungey runs in there and rips the thing back out and gets the ball for the offense. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, I mean, I'm, I ain't, I ain't never seen a quarterback make a play like that. That that took some true grit. And so, you know, that that's one of the plays that always stick with me with Dungey. Um, it's just like, like I said, he's the ultimate competitor. It's never over for him. And uh, I think that play summed it up pretty well. You know, and, and for you as, as a skill position guy at tight end, you've only, you know, had the ball thrown to you from 300 different quarterbacks at Syracuse. You have had Eric Tungy, you had Tommy DeVito, you had Rex Culpepper, you had Jacoby and Morgan. How did you navigate through all of that, and what did it teach you to have so many different quarterbacks with different skill sets throwing you the ball? Yeah, I mean, I think um, especially in college, you develop a relationship with, with all the guys in your roster. And, uh, you know, whether they're a freshman or they're a fifth-year senior, you know what I mean? By the time you get in the by the time you get done with fall camp, those guys are all like brothers to you. You guys have all bled and sweat and been through hours and hours of meetings together. And uh, so you, you definitely develop that relationship. Um, like I said, when when I was a freshman, I came in. Dungy was already kind of an upperclassman. He was that guy. I came in with Tommy DeVito. And, uh, you know, DeVito's always been, you know, my quarterback in terms of he's the guy who I came in with, you know, my freshman year when we were taking all the second team reps. It was me and Tommy. Um 20, 2019, 2020, obviously, he was my starting quarterback, so I developed a great relationship with him and then kind of got to see it from the other role. Um, unfortunately, when Tommy went down this year and Jacobian stepped in and just, you know, trying to be trying to be a good mentor to, to him because I remember being, obviously not as a quarterback, but I remember being a true freshman kind of getting thrown into the fire a little bit um, when we were playing Clemson. And, and, you know, I know how it is. And, and the biggest thing you're worried about is not making a mistake, not making a mistake. And I think Jacobian came in this year. Um, the kid's got incredible poise. You know, he uh, he, he handled it with, with grace, and he did a really good job leading that offense. I mean, here's an 18-year-old kid um, who, who's, who's telling us, us guys who are 21, 22, who have been there for four years, you know, come on, we, we need this drive. Let's go get it done. And, um, you know, I would say the same thing about DeVito, too. He was a great leader and, uh, you know, had, had a really good control of the locker room and the huddle whenever he was in there. And, uh, you know, all those guys are extremely hard workers. Um, you you catch Rex Culpepper in the weight room up there at any hour of the day. And that kid, you know, he, he, he's extremely dedicated to what he does and what he loves to do. And, uh, you know, all of them brought great attitudes out to the practice field every single day. So I'm thankful I got to play with every single one of those guys. 
Speaking here with Aaron Hackett of Syracuse Orange Football History, moving on to TCU and the Horned Frogs. Aaron, you, you just brought up Rex. He was a quarterback, then he got moved to tight end. He was put all over the field, you know, and, and, and kind of just work him in where they wanted to. What can you say about Rex and what he was willing to do just to be out there and support the team? And then secondly, what you can say about his journey of having a teammate go through cancer cancer treatment and find his way back onto the field to become a starter and to get Syracuse their first touchdown of the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just an, uh, another extremely tough kid. I've known Rex uh, going all the way back to high school. Our high school is actually, we joked about it a lot, Venice High School and uh, where he went, Plant, were two pretty big rivals. I mean, I would say the two premier football teams in Southwest Florida in terms of our coast. And so, you know, I've known Rex for, for a long time. Again, another another kid who's just doing willing to do anything to make the team better. When I was a true freshman, um, you know, I, I, that was before they passed the redshirt rule where you could play four games and still redshirt. So I got thrown into the mix early and, you know, still hadn't really found my role and was doing anything I could to get on the field, whatever, special teams, um, you know, short yardage, goal line, all that situations. And I remember battling, trying to battle it out with Rex just to get the up back spot on kickoff return. Because, uh, you know, he, he, he felt like he didn't want to just sit on the sidelines. Yeah, he was a quarterback. And most quarterbacks, you know, they're the backup quarterback. They're fine with just holding the clipboard. But he said, no, I don't want to do that. Coach, you know, I, I can play on kickoff return. I can play on punt return, all that stuff. And I remember battling it out with Rex um, my freshman year, trying to do whatever I could to, to, get that, to get that kickoff return spot. And then towards the end of the year, he came in the game and he played really well. I, I remember our... One of our last games at Wake Forest in Boston College, he came in for Mahoney. Uh, must have thrown 200 or 300 yards, had a couple touchdown passes, and, and was slinging the ball around. And, uh, you know, just just a guy who comes from a great family. You could tell, he, he like, his morals are in the right place. And uh, another great teammate. That guy, super hardworking. Um, like I said, he, he's a beast in the weight room. He loves he, – he's pound for pound might be the strongest guy on our roster last year. And, uh, you know, great kid. And uh, I'm happy that I was able to develop that relationship with Rex when I got up there. Um, you know, and to see him come in pit this year and throw that deep touchdown to Taj, that was awesome. Running down the, the field and just seeing the joy and the excitement in his face after everything he's been through. Um, just a true warrior. And, and wherever he it ends up in life, you know, that kid's going to do great things. So. That coming from Aaron Hackett here on Rex Culpepper uh, inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. Aaron, you have played in the last three seasons, you played in every game. You had 13 games in 2018, 12 in 2019. Coming back from an injury, like you said, in April, and you were able to play all 11 games in 2020. What can you tell me about, you know, what you've been able to do and and, you know, the consistency and how important that is for TCU to see, for NFL teams to see, that you have fought back from injury and you've gotten yourself on the field and you've played in every single game for the last three years. Yeah, I think, uh, I hope, you know, people who are looking back on it just, you know, see, see how much I love the game of football and how much I'm kind of willing to sacrifice my body for, for my brothers out there on the field. Um, obviously, I had a... Uh, a, a injury before the season this year, but then uh, you know when we were playing Louisville away this year, um, I took a shot early in the second quarter, uh, right before I, I, I attempted to field uh, one of those pooch kicks, and ended up having to get 
sent to the hospital and get a, a CT scan on my spleen and, and my ribs were, were, were deeply bruised. You know what I mean? And, you know, I just hope that when people look back on me and my career, you know, they just say hey, that kid, he loved football and he was tough and he played through everything. And that that's really what I tried to do. Um, you know, I've been banged up, battered and bruised. Uh, there was probably opportunities where it might have been better for my career if I would have said, hey, maybe maybe I'll just sit out this year. Maybe I'll I'll fully rehab until six games in the season. But, you know, I, I love the game. And um, earlier, earlier in camp in 2020, you know, I was in a non-contact jersey. And, I mean, if, if you want to ask anybody, you could ask Reno Free, my tight end coach. Uh, it just drove me crazy every day. I was just trying trying to do more than I was allowed to, trying to do more than I was allowed to, trying to do more than I was allowed to because I wanted to get back and play. So, you know, I, I hope I hope teams at the next level see that when I'm healthy, I, I can do things in all three phases of the game. I can I can block in line, I, I can pass protect, and I can be a, a receiving threat. And, uh, you know, I love the game and I try to do do things the right way and carry about myself in the, in the right way. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, especially a guy like me, you're going to have to work twice as hard to get half the results compared to a lot of people. So, um, you know, I try to take that in everything I do. And, um, yeah, just just fortunate to have a have a good career at Syracuse. Came in, uh, I don't know, whatever I was, two-star, three-star rivals, didn't matter to me, um, and was able to walk out of there with, you know, tied for the most career rece- touchdown receptions. And, you know, that, that that's um, a lot of people in my circle who helped me helped me develop and uh you know a lot of hours in the gym just spent grinding and, and working my tail off so i'm thankful you know and, and we look at that and 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 what you were able to do and like you said uh nine touchdowns that you had in your career you had six in 2019 you had a couple in 2020 and your first one in 2018 when you look back on i mean you and luke benson looked like this tandem this force to be reckoned with and you know, I grew up in Syracuse, born and raised in Syracuse, and I've been watching, you know, the the team here forever and a day, and Nick Provo, to me, who played with Ryan Nassib, he was like the last really good tight end that Syracuse had, as far as like, I shouldn't say the last really good, like the last time they really targeted the tight end, is, is probably a better way to say it, and so Provo was like the last guy they really genuinely went to, and then when you came in... I was like, okay, they're starting to go to Aaron. And when, and when Benson came in, there's this tandem. I think that you guys were, I mean, you guys were, at least in my opinion, when the ball went your way, more than 50% of the time you were catching that ball, 70%, 80%, 90%. Like you were making plays happen. Luke over the middle, you over the middle, the trick plays, different things you did. You know, you were electric in the end zone. You were electric when they went after you. My frustration is it's been forever between Nick Provo and you guys, and now we got you guys here, and I just felt like you were so underutilized in 2020. Am I crazy? Am I wrong? It just felt like you and Benson were like clockwork. It was just like automatic, and then all of a sudden it was like, why aren't they getting the ball in week one, week two, week five? What's going on? Because you and you and Luke just seem to know what you're doing, and in my opinion, you seem to be the two best tight ends that we've had since Nick Provo in Syracuse, New York. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I mean obviously there's there. I'm not gonna lie to you. There was frustrations for me in that aspect of it too. You know, um, coming from 2019, where you know if you look at combined, 
um, tight end rooms in the ACC. No, no one scored more touchdowns than me and Luke Benson combined. No other two tight ends. And so to kind of come from that year and, and all the potential that that was there and, and seeing really seeing Luke develop into and turning into a great player. And I, I really thought this was going to be his, uh, you know, a chance for him to break out this year and then use him, use him in the right way and get him the ball space. Because, you know, once he once he gets moving, it's hard to catch him. Um, you know, things happen. Uh, I'm not the coach. I'm not a coach. I, you know, I go out there, I perform what what's asked of me and uh this year happened to be you know a lot more blocking stuff a lot more uh helping out protection instead of uh some of the stuff we were getting to in 2019 um whether that be the change of coordinator just the change in kind of personnel that we dealt with uh i i I have no true explanation for it but I, i i know that you know if you saw the development from luke from when he first came to syracuse to where he was at by the end of last year as not only as a receiver, but as a blocker, um, you know, his, his, his future is really bright. And I, I hope that he has an opportunity to really, um, you know, get featured in the passing game this year a lot more than he was because when he gets the ball in his hands, he, he, he's dynamic and he's a super hard worker. Um, you know, just another kid, another tough kid from PA who does everything right. And, you know, um, was able to kind of learn from me when he first got in here. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure that, He's going to keep those traits that, that we've worked on, um, you know, every every day. It, it was kind of a welcome welcome to college football for him because every day my freshman year, we were the first two guys on the field every single day, us and Coach Faree, um, just working, working underneath the chutes, working route work, working our feet. And, you know, I think that paid dividends off for, for both of us. And, uh, you know, I'm really thankful to be coached under Coach Marino Faree. I don't think he, he gets a lot of credit for, for the role he plays on the team, but – um, you know, he's one of those guys who he does everything the right way and he expects it done the right way every single time. And there, there's no BS in with him. And, uh, you know, especially for young men coming into that program, I think that's the best thing that, that you can have as a coach like that, who's going to tell it to you how it is. And, and, you know, he had, he, he never played no favorites or anything like that. At the end of the day, he just wanted us all to be the, the best athletes we could be and the, and the best men we could be. And, uh, you know, I was able to grow a lot under him and learn a lot under him. Um, you know, extremely thankful for him and his family, all the times they would take us in and have us eat at his house. Um, you know, his wife, Rebecca, she's amazing. Uh, he's got four kids who are, who are all super. And, uh, yeah, so like I said, uh, you know, Syracuse has a great, great tradition of tight ends. If you, if you look at it, John Mackey, I mean, went to Syracuse, the, the best college football tight end every year. The awards named after him, John Mackey. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of guys that have came after him who, who have been great. And I think that going forward in the future, you know, tight end could be a, a, a strong, strong position for Syracuse just because of the history that's been back there. And, uh, you know, the guys they've been able to get before, it's just in terms of uh, developing, developing these guys and using them. You know, the game's changing a lot. And um, for, for a couple of years, you saw kind of the tight end position fade away, fade away, fade away. And, and now with guys like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, it, it's almost more prominent than it ever has been, especially as receivers. And uh, teams are getting really creative in the way they can get get big guys the ball, um, get the ball in their hands with space. And, you know, I hope that going forward that we could see Luke and some of the younger guys on that roster, Steve Mahar, um, 
Max Mang, both of those guys have great futures. Um, learned a lot this year. See, see those guys feature more in the passing game. And, you know, and speaking here with Aaron Hackett on Wake Up Call with Dan Satora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, you mentioned it. You're tied for the most touchdowns by a tight end in Syracuse history with the guy that I mentioned, Nick Provo, who, like I said, I believe was the last <clears throat> really uh, utilized tight end in Syracuse history, played from 2008 to 2011. What does it mean to you to have tied Nick Provo for the most touchdowns by a tight end in Syracuse history with nine? It puts you above Roland Williams, who was part of the greatest show on turf with the then St. Louis Rams. It puts you above, you know, John Mackey, the the king of tight end at Syracuse that went on to play for the Colts in the NFL. You know, when when you when you see the John Mackey names and the you know the Nick Provo names and Chris Gedney, may he rest in peace uh, along with John Mackey. Absolutely. You're at the top of this list with Nick Provo above Chris Gedney, above above Roland Williams, above John Mackey. You are the leader in the history of Syracuse football in tight end touchdown receptions, tied for that. Like what does that mean to you? And, and, and I mean, quite reasonably, if they had used you in the offense more this year, you would have been the leader uh, outright. I would imagine to say you'd have a couple more. So, what does it mean to you that you're you're in history right now at Syracuse as the top tight end as far as touchdown receptions with Nick Provo, with names like John Mackey and Roland Williams and Chris Gedney behind you on that list? Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's it's incredibly humbling and you know it's, it's a result of a, a lot of hours of work and uh you know years and years of, of just grinding and going at this thing and uh you know all the guys you, you mentioned on that list are you know a lot of them played in the nfl all of them had had really great careers and you know just to have my name brought up in any conversation with those guys is extremely humbling and you know makes me want to work even harder to see you know how far i can take this thing because I know all those guys are great and they had great careers. And I, you know, I, I truly believe I can hopefully have a similar career path. Um, like you said, John Mackey, the king of all tight ends, man. It, just saying it like that is, uh, is crazy. And uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all the people in my corner who, you know, pushed me and helped me, helped me work this hard and, uh, you know, kind of showed me the right way about going things. And, uh, yeah, just very humbling. Hey, coming here from Aaron Hackett. Aaron, before I let you go, you, you decided to enter the transfer portal. Tell me why. Um, so it just kind of came down to a multitude of things. You know, I had talked with Coach Babers after the season, and, uh, you know, coming off this injury and kind of where I was at, I truly felt like the best thing for me to develop as a football player was to come down here in Fort Lauderdale, work with, um, you know, the guys at XBE Sports, Tony Villano, uh, you know, Anquan Bolden does my – my receiving work, all these guys, and have a six-month period where I could train for the combine, train for pro day, and kind of see where I was at. Now, thankfully, the NCAA had given us that extra year of eligibility where now I'm able to do that and still kind of, you know, have, have an insurance plan and go off and, and, and play an extra year of college. And that that's really what it came down to. I love my time at Syracuse. You know, I, I love Coach Babers. I love all the guys on the team. But um, – you know, at the end of the day, it, football is a is is a business, and you know, I, I saw some stat somewhere on Twitter yesterday that the SEC raked in four hundred thirty nine million dollars of total revenue last year, and so you know, yeah, football is a game, but if you're just only looking at it through a game perspective, 
you're going to get burned because at the end of the day, this is, this is a business and it's a multi-million dollar corporation. And, you know, um, in order for me to achieve the things I wanted to do and, and kind of go to where I wanted to be, I felt like my best opportunity was to come down here and train um, for the spring semester, do the spring semester remotely and train. And, you know, just talking with Coach Babers and Coach Free, I, I completely understand that, you know, me coming down here wouldn't be fair for me to come back to Syracuse in the next year especially after those guys are going to go go through winter workouts together and go through spring ball and, um, you know, kind of gear up, gear up for the 2021 season. So um, that, that's really what it came down to is just, you know, me, me betting on myself and investing on myself um, coming down here. I, I, I work a training schedule where it's, it's Monday through Saturday. You know, I train twice a day with uh, some of the best professions to professionals, um, you know, Tony, he, he trains Travis Kelsey, Mark Ingram, all these guys, and, uh, you know, really developed me into a, an NFL football player. Now, fortunately enough, um, I did answer, enter my name into the transfer portal, and, you know, wasn't I, I wasn't going to come back to college just for, for, for any opportunity, but I felt that I had a really good spot at TCU. Um, Coach Patterson, Coach Krill, you know, kind of let me know the situation they're in where they, they had just lost two guys to the NFL. Um have a history of putting guys in the NFL and really utilizing the, the tight end position. And they, they seem to have a, a good team coming back. And, and that was one of the, the positions that they were missing. They, they needed a guy who could come in and block and be a receiving threat and kind of be a three down tight end who can do everything. And um, in terms of where I was at physically at that point, uh, I didn't, I didn't think I was physically ready enough to make that jump to the NFL. So uh, it kind of gave down to, okay, well, what, what's my best option? Um, you know, a lot of guys are quick to pull the trigger to try to go to the NFL, but for if you want to, if you want to stick around and make a career out of it, it's not just getting there; it's sticking around. And uh, you know, some people don't totally understand that. You know, at, at 21, 22 years old, is that if you want to make a career out of this thing, you you got to be, you got to get to that second contract, and you got to be, you got to be able to sustain yourself in that league. And you know, physically, I just thought I wasn't quite at that level to make that jump yet, coming off that pec tear. And uh, some of the things I had been through. So having a chance to come down here and really physically develop myself into, you know, hopefully an NFL player and then have an opportunity to come this season and play, play with the new team and, uh, you know, see see where we can take this thing. Like I said, if, if you would have asked me after the 2019 season, would I be in Fort Worth, Texas, playing for Texas Christian? I, I would have had no idea. But, you know, th- that's the crazy thing about this game. It will take you all over the – all over the United States, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm thankful for the opportunity, and uh, I'm excited to kind of jump in somewhere new. You know, I, I kind of believe that you know, um, com- comfortability breeds complacency. So when you're when you're kind of in the, in a place for so long, and you get adjusted to the routine, you know what's coming next to you that that doesn't that doesn't bring out the best in you, and you know, being able to kind of switch it up and come down here. And, uh, you know, really train my body the way the way I need to train it um, has been huge for me and hopefully will, will be huge for my career. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, you never knew. I mean, you played as a true freshman. You played all four seasons at Syracuse. I mean, in any other world, it's over. So, I mean, yeah, there's a pandemic and there was a lot of adversity that happened from that. But what I mean, to, to know that when you were at Venice High School, I mean, this wasn't this wasn't a real possibility. You know, there's, there's miracles, there's things that happen. There's, 
There's the uh, the rose that grows after the the tornado storm because there was enough rain and and whatnot in the sunlight that came after. So what can you say about that? Is you know finding finding a rose within the storm and finding an opportunity that presented itself that didn't even exist four years ago, five years ago. Yeah, and, and it's really crazy. And then to kind of think about it is that you know I probably would have redshirted my freshman year at Syracuse if they had they had passed that redshirt rule where you could play four games and still maintain a redshirt. But that rule didn't pass though after I played as a true freshman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I may have played in eight or nine games as a true freshman. I don't know. But, you know, uh, if if I was a year younger, then I probably would have stayed in redshirt for an extra year and had an extra year of eligibility anyways. And it's just crazy how things work out and uh, crazy how opportunities arise. And I'm just, like I said, I'm thankful that I have another year to go out and prove myself to, to uh, NFL scouts and prove myself to myself that, you know, I could take this thing – where, where, where I know physically I can and, uh, you know, have an opportunity to play for a really good football team my last year. Yeah, you know, and we look at we look at TCU and, and know that, you know, you, you're going to be inside of the Big 12. It's going to be an interesting thing uh, here for you to be in a new conference. What are you excited about knowing that, you know, you now have uh, this schedule? You're going to play uh, SMU in California out of conference and then you know you'll you'll have those teams within the conference and within the state of Texas different rivalries that you'll get to be a part of what are you most excited about with TCU in the Big 12 yeah I think just you know experiencing a different level of football um you know I we always say you know Florida football Florida high school football is the best whatever but I mean if you want to see who who, who does it the biggest there's no doubt it's texas and you know they treat football over there like a religion and uh you know all all, all the games we're gonna have an opportunity to play play at some great venues play play at oklahoma play at texas tech stuff like that um which i never would have imagined so i'm just excited for the opportunity um you know to play play against some good ball ball teams um you know play some great i played some great teams in my, my time at syracuse i played the national champions you know, I, I've had an opportunity to block first-round draft picks, um, and you know, now I'm over here in Texas and, and kind of getting the same thing, just a just a different conference. So I'm I'm excited. Um, you know, it, it's definitely an offensive-driven league, and you know that they, they they like to put points up in that league, and I'm excited to be part of a dynamic offense. Um, you know, excited to be part of a new family too. So you know, just thankful for the opportunity, and yeah. Coming from Aaron Hackett, Aaron, from Venice to Syracuse to now TCU, you know, I've always been in your corner, always rooted for you. I know that you know that. And I am uh, I am so excited about this. I'm excited for, you know, a hopeful NFL career for you. But I'm definitely going to be watching close with TCU. And I got some friends at Texas Tech, so I'd say go light on them. But, you know, like, I love them. I love you, but I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you what's up. I hope that y'all both have a good game. But I hope I hope that my man Aaron Hackett's got some double digit touchdowns this year and is getting targeted throughout. I mean, to me, it makes sense that you and Nick Provo are at the top at Syracuse because you, in my opinion, with Luke coming up now, you're you're the best tight end that Syracuse has had in such a long time, and I don't think that that should be taken lightly. I don't think you were utilized as much as you should have been, and you have been an absolute treasure coming into the team. And, and I feel that, uh, you know, hopefully when they have somebody in the future that, that has the capability that, that you do, that it's utilized better. Because I, I really honestly think that as much as we saw Aaron Hackett, there should have been so much more. 
And I think you're a game changer, and I think hopefully uh, that'll show at TCU. Yeah, yes, sir, and absolutely. Like I said, I'm an orange man for life. Uh, you know, I bleed orange. Syracuse, you know, came came from a kid who's lived in South Florida his whole life and came to upstate New York and felt like it was home for four years. And I'm I'm extremely grateful for all the great fans, and you know, they deserve a they deserve a great football team up there. And I'm sure the guys are working their butts off to give it to them this year. And so, you know, I wish Syracuse nothing but the best. And uh, Coach Babers, Coach Free, all those guys, I'm, I'm thankful for my time there. And, uh, you know, just really appreciative of the career I was able to put together there. What do you want to say to Luke Benson in the tight end room at Syracuse? Um, you know, I would just tell those guys to – to stay focused and stick to the plan and you know there's going to be adversity everyone faces adversity in their careers and uh some of those guys have already faced in their lives personal lives or you know football and i would just say you know continue fighting that fight and continue fighting that fight um you know pressure makes diamonds you keep hitting that thing every single day hitting that rock every single day and just not worried about the end result but just worried about working and working and working eventually that rock's going to break and so I would tell those guys, you know, just every single day, keep on working, keep on working, keep on working. Because, you know, when you look back four years later, like you said, you might have, who knows what you could do. You know, I, I came in as a as a no-name freshman when I first walked in the door. You know, guys, Eric Dungey probably laughed at me thinking that this kid, who is this? But, you know, I, I ended up leaving as the most touchdown or tied most touchdowns at Syracuse career. And I, I'm so thankful for it. And, and you know, it, it happens really fast. You got to enjoy your time there. But, um yeah, just keep on working every single day towards that goal. And, uh, you know, if you, if you if you put enough man hours in and you work hard enough, I'm, I'm a firm believer that good things will come to you. What does the Horn Frog Nation need to know about Aaron Hackett as they step into this season? Yeah, I would just say, uh, you know, I'm more motivated than ever. Uh, I feel like right now I'm in the best shape of my life. Um, you know, and I'm only going to get better and better better here coming in these next couple of weeks. And, you know, I'm, I'm more motivated than ever to prove – prove to them what I can do and help them win football games and, you know, bring a toughness and physicality and nastiness to that team and, uh, you know, just be ready to help win some football games. I'm excited. That coming from Aaron Hackett on Wake Up Call inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Aaron, as always, I appreciate it. I respect you. And, uh, you know, keep that phone line open. I'll always keep mine open as well. And as I told you when I first talked to you, I'm in your corner and I will continue to be and I hope that you and I have a lot of great stuff to talk about to come. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for everything. And, yeah, like I said, thanks. thank you to Syracuse Nation for being family to me for these last four years. I always bleed orange. I uh, love you guys.